Hey guys, we're back. Been away for a while, busy lives, but you know, we're back here. Trade deadline is in six days, April 12th. Uh, and it's done at 3 p.m. on the 12th. Uh, so we'll see what moves have been made. Matt and I are going to do a little bit of a preview show here. Um, first off, Matt, how you doing? I'm good. It's been a um, good week. This is my favorite time of the year, the NHL trade deadline. We're going to go through every player. We're going to go through every team. So no matter what fan of any team you are, this video is for you. Click, share it with your friends. Josh, let's get it. All right. First question, most important question. Trade deadline day. What channel are you watching, TSN or Sportsnet? Well, uh, to our American listeners, hopefully we have some because uh, Columbus, I think we have a few Columbus people. Um, it depends. I, I go back and forth depending on what um, – what guests they have, or I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm just ready to go. All right, let's do this. So uh, NHL, it's a little weird this year, uh, especially with the COVID restrictions. If a Canadian team wants an American player, obviously they got the quarantine. It is down from 14 to seven days, so that does help. But it does affect, along with the flat salary cap, the climate of the market. Is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? So we're going to start with what we think the market looks like this year. So in my opinion, I think it's a seller's market. I don't think many teams are going to be buying from other teams. Teams are going to be wanting to get rid of players and clear up cap space, save cash. Owners of these smaller teams that don't make much money aren't going to want contracts that they aren't using. So I think you're going to see a lot of movement at the deadline, but nothing huge. Like, I don't think you're going to be seeing teams like Boston reach out and say, oh, we'll take him, 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 and him. It's going to be teams reaching out to these big clubs saying, hey, can you take these guys for like a conditional fifth or whatever? So I think that we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of small little moves that don't really make much sense to the common fan. But when you really look into it, it's like, oh, you know, that player was actually making a lot of cash, but his salary cap was low. So I think you're going to be seeing moves like that. What about you? Um, I know where you're coming from, but I'm actually going to have to disagree with you. I think there's just going to be a lot of nice under-the-radar stuff. There's going to be a lot of guys who can do a lot for very little. And what I mean by that is you look at Tampa Bay winning the Cup. Barclay, mm -hmm. Goudreau, and Blake Coleman, I don't think either of them made over a million dollars, and they had two years. So I think people are just going to get really, really creative. And some of the trade bait uh, board that we're going to read off has definitely has those names of guys who I think can be high-impact players but for a low cost, if that makes any sense, or they just kind of fit in nicely on a roster. But I do understand what you mean. I definitely think there are going to be a lot of people looking to sell, create cash, be more flexible, because we also have an expansion draft coming up. We'll right. definitely do a video for that, quick little tease. But um, yeah, Josh, I think we should start reading the list of names that are potentially available. For sure. Uh, so we're going to go off the, we each have our own lists. Everyone does a list. Um, you know, Sportsnet has one, The Athletic has one, TSN has one, NHL Network has one. We're just going to go off the TSN one because I believe it's the most commonly used one. Uh, so there's 20, 35 names on here. Um, Matt, do you want to start at 35 or do you want to start at like 25? Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want. All right, let's do, let's read, I'll read 35 to 25 uh, all at once. Then you tell me if any of those stick out. And then we can kind of move on from there. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. So 35, Tony D'Angelo from the New York Rangers. 34, Darcy Kemper from Arizona. 33, Alexander Kerfoot from Toronto. I think he should be higher, actually. Uh, Jake Fertan from Vancouver. Dmitry Kulikov from New Jersey. Jamie Oleski from Dallas. Sam Bennett from Calgary. Mark Stahl from Detroit. Marcus Sorosin from San Jose. Nikita Zadorov from Chicago. So that's 35 to 26. Do any of those names stand out to you? Why, why not? Um, yeah, there's a few. I'll go with um, Sam Bennett and Jake Rutanen just off the top because I think these two teams are obviously out. 
And I just think these are young guys with great value. They're both be RFAs. You don't have to qualify them. So basically you can think of them as UFAs. And I just think they're both guys. I don't want to look back at their draft, but they have a lot of potential or they had a lot of potential. And I think if you get them in the right fit and you channel them properly, you give them maybe 13 to 15 minutes, you find a good line that they can stick on. I think they'd be pretty good. I think those are two players that have definitely been mismanaged by the Canucks and the Flames, especially in uh, recent memories and recent games even. So um, I honestly think if I'm a team, I would trade a fourth, a third. I'm not sure what the price would be for them, but I'll definitely give them um, some mid-round picks um, just to require the services for my uh, playoff run. Right. I'm looking at this board, right? And I am I try and be non-biased when we do these videos, but at heart, I'm a Leafs fan. I got the giant flag hanging up back there. Um, and Showing I, off I, a little bit. I, I don't want to fuck with the camera. Okay, yeah. Uh, but um, – you know, I look at this trade bait board and I'm looking at it as a Leafs fan. So some of these names on here, I'm like, ah, I don't really want that. Why is it so high? And one of the names that's standing out to me right now is Darcy Camper in Arizona. If I was making a trade bait board as a Leafs fan, he'd be pretty high, right? So I, I just can't find that kind of funny about trade bait boards, kind of a side tangent. Um, yeah, but Alexander Kerfoot at 33, I think a lot of teams could use him. Um, Toronto might want to hang on to him. Obviously, we got the expansion draft coming up, but 33 for Kerfoot, I think, is a little low. I think he's a nice – I don't think he's a cap dump. He's a trade chip. So he could be valuable in a trade where you're trying to get something back. You know, he's a good – he's proven himself in the NHL. Um, you know, a manageable contract. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why he's at 33. I think we might see him move if Toronto make, tries to make a big splash. Well, um, just to defend the list a little bit, I think he's probably low just because, like you said, he might most likely will be a throw-in for Toronto. So yeah. if I'm Colorado and I want him back, I can't get him for a third round draft pick. Cause if I'm Toronto, why would I give him up to a third round draft pick? No, I'm throwing him in a package for Ekholm and Granlin. I'm throwing him in a package for Paul. So I think right. he's low cause it's not really him you're getting. It's you are getting him plus picks right. to give up something better. So maybe in that retrospect is why they put them so low, but just to touch on Darcy Campbell because um, the Arizona Coyotes are shockingly in a playoff spot and I had them finishing last. So um, apologies to Arizona. That's okay. I had Buffalo making the playoffs. So. Oh, that is brutal. That is absolutely <laughs> yeah. brutal. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think Arizona is going to keep him. I just think you look at those owners as crazy as they are, they definitely want to win. I think he's a good stable goalie. Maybe they give Ranta up instead but I definitely think they're right out to tandem, try to get some playoff money and just try to get a buzz back in um, that city and the fan base. So uh, I think they're keep Darcy Kemper. The only way I see you getting him is trading a first round pick, maybe plus because um, they need picks, but I don't think you're getting for a second or fourth and a prospect. I think you're going to have to swing for the fences and give him a first because you know, his cap it. He's a stable goalie. He's been this good for what, maybe three years, which is a pretty good track record yeah. relative to other guys that have been signed to big contracts like Demko, so I think Kemp was definitely um, a good option, but I don't see him moving. But um, that's very intriguing for the offseason or maybe um, just to go in the future. Right. All right, let's take a look at 25 to 20. So we got Tanner Pearson from Vancouver, Terry Lettinen from Montreal, Devin Dubnik from San Jose, Derek Ryan from Calgary, and Ricardo Cal from Anaheim. And then number 20 is Ryan Dezingle from Ottawa. Any of those names stick out to you? Yeah, right. I think there's some obvious names there that just kind of jump off in Tanner Pearson and Ricardo Kell. Yeah. So, um, fun fact, Josh was actually born in California and he's low-key kind of a Ducks fan, I would say. Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Um, nah, I was born so, in England. Oh, sorry. He's lived in California, my bad. There you go. There I, sh you I go. should know that. But um, anyways, Ricardo Kell, I think he's a really good player. 
the only problem is Anaheim, they struggle to score goals. They're, they're, they're not a good team, frankly. Like, a lot of people make fun of Buffalo and Detroit and all these teams bottom. But when you look at the standings, Anaheim's right there. And if Buffalo gets hot like they're getting and Anaheim stays the same, they definitely overtake them. They, so also def- ju- they also just sent down Trevor Zegras back to the AHL because they want to transform it into a center. So he's going back to the AHL. Uh, oh, really? With the, with the San Diego goals. He's going to play some center there before coming back up near the end of the season. I thought it was a strange move to announce publicly. but Yeah, maybe um, that's just tanking, I would say. Like it maybe the be. least subtle tanking. Because I watched um, I watched um, his game a few nights ago, and he looked like a stud. He was making passes with the puck. But anyways, going back to Ricard Raquel, I personally would trade him. I don't know if Bob Murray would because he's kind of – um, he waits. Like Josh Manson has been rumored to trade forever. Same with Raquel. Yeah. Um, I just think Anaheim's kind of that franchise, which they just are. But anyways, I would definitely trade Raquel. And um, if I'm the Ducks, I want a first and a prospect because he's 3.7. If I retain some, that's for one mil. And I don't think you get one point – do the math roughly, 1.9, yeah. 1.7, whatever it is. So I just think getting a top six forward for this year and next year – who makes that small of a number. If you're Boston, maybe Toronto, um, there's a few other teams around the league that could definitely use services. But if I'm Anaheim, I'll definitely start a first and I'm a prospect, a B-level prospect, I'd say. Right. I'm looking at this list. Like I like Raquel. You did a good job of explaining what you want for him. I love Tanner Pearson. I think he'd be a great fit on the Toronto team. I don't think you're going to get him. Um, I think he's going to probably go to somewhere like Boston or Minnesota. But a name on here that kind of sticks out to me as, as why would anybody want this guy? And I don't think he's being moved because nobody would like him is Devin Dubnik. 34 years old, 3.18 goals against average, 0. 0.898 save percentage, 2.17. And he's UFA at the end of the year. I, if you need a goalie, you're not going after Devin Dubnik. I just thought that was ridiculous placement on the list. Yeah, San Jose. Um... They're terrible. Yeah, we we don't need to get into that. But, yeah, I agree. So I don't see much value in that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's move on here. Let's go to uh, uh, 19 to – let's go up to 13, 19 to 13. So Colin Miller out of Buffalo, Bobby Ryan from Detroit, Ryan Murray out of New Jersey, Vince Dunn from St. Louis, Alex Golovsky – oh, fuck that Goligosky. one. Goligosky. from Arizona, Brandon Montour out of Buffalo, and Chris Drieger out of Florida. Yeah, um, so uh, just to explain Chris Drieger a little bit, because uh, they just signed Spencer Knight, who is a stud. He won a gold medal with USA. He was, you know what? I got to give Florida credit there with their goalie drafting, getting that Spencer was a good Knight. pick, yeah. Spe- Spe- and uh, oh, who was the Canadian guy? Um, oh, he goes to Northeastern and he's uh, a computer Levi? science major, but I don't know his name. Lev- was Devin it? Levi. Devin Levi. No, yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Josh, you're definitely right. They have good prospect pool, and Drieger's playing really good, but when you have a $10 million goalie, you kind of have to assess value. You want Spencer Knight to get games and some reps. So um, yeah. I agree with you. Like, Dubnik is bad, but Drieger is a good option. I could see yeah. him getting mid-round draft picks. But if I'm Florida, I might just keep him for this little run because I'm going against Tampa. They can score. Um, mm-hmm. Carolina, Svechnikov has been kind of iffy this year, but I think him, Ajo, Teravine, you have to look at that. And I just want a goalie. Because let's be honest, Knight's a rookie, and Bobrovsky is kind of – Bobrovsky is not consistent. Yeah, we can say that. So definitely that makes sense. But another name that jumps out is Vince Dunn out of St. Louis. Right. And St. Louis has underachieved so much this year. I looked at their division. Everyone thought it would be them, Colorado, and uh, Vegas that just run away with it. That's not the case. St. Louis has fallen off a bit. I just think Vince Dunn hasn't got a lot of minutes this year. But he's definitely somebody I could see going to a team and becoming a really good top four defenseman for the next 
five to eight years. Like, I really like this kid. He, he has swagger. He's really good with the puck. He moves the puck left-hand defenseman, which is not as value as right-hand defenseman. But I think he would be a good trade ship, especially because the expansion draft, if you're St. Louis, what are you going to do? Lose him for free. So I think there's definitely um, some stuff you got to value there. But if I'm a team, I would be all over Vince Dunn. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I like. I just want to expand on what you said about Florida's goaltending situation. I think they would be silly to get rid of Chris Drieger. Um, I'm just looking at Bobrovsky's playoff stats. You know, in 2010-2011, he had an 8.77, 3.23 goals against. 2011-2012, a .722, you know, his highest save percentage was in 2018-2019 for Columbus, and that was a .925. So, you, like, he's not consistent in playoffs. He doesn't play well in the playoffs. You want three good goalies. You I think that's where goalies. the league is. You're yeah. probably going to have to hang on to Drieger there unless the price is, you know, really high, then, yeah, go for it. Go nuts. Uh, I like what you said about about Vince Dunn. That's a good one. I think Bobby Ryan could be a sneaky pickup. I would suggest him for a team like Toronto who needs some more. You know, they want that playoff experience, but I think they kind of have that already. You know, you got Spezza, Simmons. Yeah, Ford, we have Ford old there. guys. Muzzin, Bogosian. Um, I think you're okay there. Maybe he would Boston. be a, Boston or Montreal stands out to me for Bobby Ryan. Um, <laughs> although Mont- Montreal should not be buying. <laughs> yeah, I know, but. Uh, you know, Bobby Ryan in Montreal would be a nice story, I think. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody else fits nicely on this list. Colin Miller is going to be an interesting one, right handed D out of Buffalo. See what they do with him. I think Buffalo is going to give away more than they need to. Um, but I'll, I'll give it all away to be honest. I, with you. I'd burn it to the ground. Um, but I don't know how much they're actually going to like, they're either going to do a lot or nothing. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I just think you got to get what you can for these UFAs. Yeah. Get as many picks, prospects, and just kind of build with the future around Dolly and Cousins and um that crew. We actually did a Buffalo breakdown video. Go on our YouTube channel, and you guys would definitely see it. But um, Josh, you can read off the top twelve, and I think we should talk about all these guys individually because there's um some pretty good um stuff here. I should say. Yeah, let's start with twelve. We'll talk about it, and I'll go to eleven, so on and so forth. So yep. number number twelve is Chicago's cap space. Now I hate when they do this on the <laughs> list because they don't actually list a fucking player. Uh, it's on here twice at number eight is another one, which I'm going to yell about, but yeah, number 12, Chicago's cap space. What value does that have, Matt? You know what? I just look at it as in Chicago and I think Taze has been out. Doc has been out. We're kind of playing with house money that we're not as bad as everyone thought. Mm-hmm. So I would save the cap space for the summer and then sign someone that I can have for multiple years and actually build with around my young guys, maybe it's an offer sheet. You never know. Right. Um, I definitely think there's better ways to weaponize your cap space than on a playoff run that realistically you're going to get slapped in the first round if you make it. So I d- do think that should be saved for the offseason to build around your um, younger guys, I would say. So the Blackhawks are two points out of a playoff spot to uh, behind Nashville, who suddenly snuck back in. Yeah. Uh, both have 39 games played, so uh, that'll be interesting. However, the Stars are right behind both teams with three games at hand. So we'll see how – that's going to be an interesting race, actually. I wasn't aware that was that close. Yeah, Chicago cap space, you know, we'll Whatever. See. We'll Let's see go to the next one. Yeah, that one wasn't that, 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 wasn't that fun. Uh, so at number uh, – where did I go here? At number Nine. 11. Oh. 11. <laughs> number 11, we have Josh Manson. Yeah, I – um. We both know the Ducks well. They're a very interesting team when you look yeah. at them. I just personally think 
we already mentioned Raquel. Now we're mentioning Manson. And I honestly believe you could get a haul for these guys. Because um, I'm trying to look it up right now via um, Cap Friendly. And um, yeah, I was correct. They both have two years left. Josh Manson makes 4.1 and Raquel has the 3.7, which I already said you could retain. And I just think if you pack package them together you to, a, to a Boston or a Toronto, that's a first, another conditional second that could probably could become a first and a B-plus prospect. I think you should get so much that you can surround Zegers and Drysdale with. Yeah. So, like, you're set up for the next 10 years. But, like, honestly, if I was an owner, I would be so upset at GMs, especially Bob Murray, uh, Doug Wilson, San Jose, that they – I think they're there so long. They grow an attachment to these guys because they yeah. drafted them. They've been there forever, and they want to see them succeed. But realistically, you need to cut ties with these guys to build around your young core coming up. Because when me and you mentioned their core, other than maybe Maxime Comtois, Comtois, sorry, I butchered that name. But yeah, he captained the World Juniors a few years ago. Jamie Drysdale, Trevor Zegers, you don't really have much, do you? So do you want to be really. bad? Do you want to be bad for an extra two years to get more top five picks? Or do you want to just be bad for one year this year, get another top five pick and whatever you acquired via these trades? So um, if I was Anaheim, I would sell those guys like no one's business and I'll try to get a haul for them, like you said. So if you're Toronto, what do you offer Anaheim for both those guys in a package? Honestly, like I said, if you make the cap work and you retain, I'm willing to go a first Kerfoot and honestly, maybe Sandine. Not Robertson, because I really like him, but I'll See, definitely go Rasmussen Sandine. If I'm, if I'm Anaheim, I want Robertson, because he would be sick on the wing with Zegers. Okay, I, I, okay, I would think about giving up Robertson, but then I'm not giving up at first because I think right. that damages my prospect pool so much. So if I'm yeah. giving up Robertson, I have to give Kerfoot for a cap, like you said, I'll go Robertson, Kerfoot, a second, and maybe like a fourth. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Just kind yeah. of balance out the value because I don't think any team should completely destroy their prospect pool, but I think you should give up enough of your future to make it enticing for Anaheim. Yeah. But that's definitely a good situation to monitor. And if Anaheim does nothing the next day when we record the podcast, I will yell and scream about it. Because I think that would be a mistake. All right. At number 10, we have a guy who I don't think is going anywhere now because the aforementioned National Predators are now in a playoff spot and they're going to have false hope. Matthias Ekholm, I don't think he's going anywhere, man. Nashville's going to be dreaming about a playoff spot. They're going to keep this guy. You think he should? I think that's a better question. He should be traded. I don't think Nashville's going to pull the trigger. Yeah, that's um, an interesting point, Josh, especially because um, David Poyle didn't really want to admit this in the offseason, but I think this is a team that was hit really hard by the pandemic mm -hmm. in terms of money. And they have some big contracts that just make you want to look like Johansson, Duchesne. Josh, maybe you can find them and read some more. But I just think um, if you're in Nashville, if the pandemic is really that bad and this playoff berth would really help you, because I think Nashville, they have capacity, so fans would be allowed back in the barn. So I definitely understand if you want to keep them, but you should revisit in the offseason. And also, I think it's very easy for us to say trade this guy, trade this guy, especially with Raquel but Manson. But I think that's different because you, I know you can get a hole. But yeah. what do you think you could get for Ekholm? Because if someone just offered me a second and a prospect, I would say no, and I would just stay pat because I personally think he's a good enough player where I should be getting a first, maybe plus, or a really good prospect in the second. So I'm not going to panic in the last few minutes and trade him for value that's not really beneficial to my franchise. I think it comes down to what Nashville, like if they want to trade him, then his value is going to be lower to Nashville. But if they want to hold on to him, the value is higher, right? Like 
if they're saying if teams are interested in him, but Nashville's saying, well, we're going to hang on to him now because we're making this playoff push. But then the team turns around and says, well, you know what? Here's two firsts or whatever. Nashville will do that. Oh, I'll pull the trigger for two. I'm not saying you should. That'd be a stupid trade, but like that's yeah, like that's perceived value by the GM of the Predators. So it's like that's why I don't think he's going anywhere because I think Nashville's going to be thinking. Let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. Stay pat. Maybe not go for it. Stay pat. I think it's better. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I wouldn't be shocked either way if he moves or doesn't move. Uh, Let's move on to number nine. We got Scott Scott Lawton out of Philly. I'm going to let you take this one. I don't know too much about this. Yeah, I know a lot about this, actually. So I met Scott Lawton's dad at Tim Hortons, which is funny because he is from Oakville, Ontario. But Josh, it gets better. I knew he was his dad because he was wearing a Scott Lawton jersey. Yeah, no one else wears that. I honestly would love to know, get NHL.com, Philadelphia Flyers, how many Scott Lawton jerseys did they sell? I'm going to go under, what, 5,000? That's probably even too much. Like, how many do you honestly think? That's way too high, yeah. Probably a a few hundred, yeah, who knows. Anyways, yeah, so Philly's in a very interesting position. Just are they good or not good? But I personally just think Carter Hart took a little step back, and I count on the bounce back. I just think it's part of the process. I know they don't want to hear it because Claude Giroux – and uh, Vorchek has been there forever. But I look at their young guys like Provorov, Konecki. Um, I think you got to just stay pat and relax. But anyway, Scott Lawton, it is because he's due for a raise. He is the heart and soul of Philly. He likes Philly. But, like, I think I saw American Friedman project his uh, contracts on one of their podcasts. And it was insane. It was way too much money. And if you're Philly, you already signed Kevin Hayes and Reamsdyke, which they have given you some value. But that's a lot of money tied up to uh, – 14, $14 million just in those guys, if you know right. what I'm kind of trying to say. So I I kind of do see him moving because I do think a team like Boston or maybe even the Leafs who do want that kind of – Everyone on this list is going to the Leafs in our opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. We're Leaf fans just if people didn't know. But um, anyways, yeah, so I may, maybe you do trade him for some picks, but um, I'm not really too sure there. We can uh, move on to something you probably yell about. Toronto's top prospect is number eight on the list. I don't – I mean, yeah – but like TSN here, let's name a prospect. Yeah, you literally like, could have just put the prospects. Or yeah, like I don't like put like Robertson slash Sandine or something slash Willigrid. I don't care. Like you sound like a moron just saying Toronto's top prospects. Yeah, like yes, it's obvious Toronto's top prospect is in play. Duba said it would be if they could bring in a big haul. This one's a no-brainer, guys. If Toronto wants to make a big splash, they are going to get have to give up a big prospect. Um, I think. With Dubas's recent comments saying Sandine and Robertson are going to be seeing uh, time on the on the club and they do see their impact of the team being big in the future, I don't think we're seeing them move. But you look at like Logan. Logan, um, I mean, maybe Adam Brooks. There's a couple other guys coming up. Um, I think it's Logan he's pointing at. I think yeah. they're a little frustrated with his development, to be honest. Could, could SDA be moved? I don't think they really know what they have in him yet. That's not a top prospect. It be yeah. too, too early. Um, yeah, we'll see. But Toronto's top prospect, number eight on the board. Yeah, so um, just going up on the board, a few of these guys are on the same teams. So we're just talking about the teams collectively. But uh, Granlund, I definitely think should be moved from Nash out of Nashville. Yeah. Just because everything we said about Ekholm, you could throw Ryan Ellis because I've heard rumors. They are under contract for next year. So they're not going to walk away for nothing. But Granlund could walk away for nothing. Yeah. Therefore, I think you do need picks just because – I don't know. I just see the value there. And I think as good a player is Granlin, maybe give a younger player like Ellie Tol- Tolvin, and I think his name is, 
or just give other guys chances. You know what I'm trying to say? Because I think this is a UFA mm-hmm. who you won't re-sign. So I definitely would give picks. Uh, would want to acquire picks, maybe a second and a fourth, a third and a fifth, a prospect, whatever it is. But I definitely would sell Granlin if I'm like David Poyle in Nashville. Yeah, I would too. I don't. Teams will be interested in them. I don't know. I, I for some reason I just don't want to touch Nashville with a five foot pole. You know what I mean? Yeah. So number uh, what number are we at here? Number six and number five on the list, both from Detroit. We got Luke Glendening and Jonathan Bernier. I don't know if it's me, Matt, or if, if this is an actual thing, but I feel like Glenn Denning's on the list every year. He is. Detroit, I don't know. Yeah. With Stevie Y running the show, he'll definitely be gone, but Ken Holland always, always used to dangle him. Yeah. I think uh, I think Bernier could be a real asset to a team, right? Like, let's say, uh, you know, fuck it, let's use Toronto as an example. Anderson can't Pick come back. Pick another example. <laughs> no, but it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Anderson can't come back because he's injured. We don't know what's going on there. Campbell becomes your starter. I think Bernier is a nice backup instead of Hutchinson. I mean, Hutchinson's played well, but then you have three goalies who are capable of taking NHL minutes. You don't know what you have in Vela Vinen or whatever his name is. Um, so then you you go, you know, you go Campbell, Bernier, Hutcher, Campbell, Hutch, Bernier. It's not bad. Yeah, I agree with you. I just looked at this list and everything we've talked about, and I see these two. And it's just how on earth did they get to five and six? No offense, but like you said, Bernier, back of val- goalie. Yeah, Luke Glendening is a bottom six forward. So, yeah, I guess they're valuable. Maybe you, like we said, packed them together so you get more. But I just think this is Steve Yeisman working magic because no one coming into the season would say you could get a haul or they would be in the top five or six. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's funny. So I think Detroit's playing with house money. Get whatever you can. Like, I would kind of fake negotiate. So if someone said, like, a third and a fifth, I'd be like, no, I need a second. And in my yeah. mind, it's like, oh, I'm going to take the third and the fifth regardless because <laughs> yeah. I just get whatever I want. But, yeah, Detroit's working magic. They have to sell off some stuff. So I definitely understand why it's them, too. But um, should we move on uh, Palmieri and Hall and the two Columbus guys? What do you want to do? Uh, let's save Columbus so we can talk about Torts and Lawn. Yeah, so we're going to skip four and uh, number four. Uh, let's yeah. jump to number three. I think this guy should be number one, but Taylor Hall out of Buffalo. Um, I think any team he goes to that's not named the Sabres or any team he's on that's not named the Sabres, he's going to contribute. I don't know where he's going to go. I think like top three possible teams. I think he could end up in Boston. I think he could end up in Edmonton. And I think he might end up in Toronto. Those are three teams who are going to want to make a splash. I don't. I can't see anywhere else that can afford him just because of the cash he's making this year, right? Like when he comes over, you're gonna have to be paying four million dollars. Buffalo's got to keep half in this deal. That's the only. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. What is he worth? He's worth what Buffalo asks for. Um, <laughs> right? Because you're gonna have other teams coming to to pay that little extra for him. Will he be an impact player? Again, I. Probably. I don't think he's going to be a guy who you can rely on in the playoffs, but he's going to be a guy who will contribute in the playoffs. And all you got to do is take a look at what Tampa Bay did last year with Goudreau. So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I think this is so interesting in terms of we do know he's going to get traded. You will retain a half. So I think a lot of this deal is already kind of done. Mm-hmm. But in terms of teams that are interested, I would definitely go Toronto, Colorado, Boston. I just think teams that want to go for it this year, for Colorado whatever reason. One. Yeah, I just know because Colorado tried to sign him, and I think their final offer was one year at 4.5. So if you do the one year for $4 million, that's practically what you would have signed him for 
yeah. all those months in the offseason. But I think if I'm Taylor Hall, he isn't playing today, which I think is an amazing decision. If I was him, I would have shut it down two weeks ago. I would have shut it down like mid-January. Yeah, I, I would have shut it. Yeah, I, I would have shut it down a little. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, he should definitely get his bags packed. Um, I definitely think this is a very valuable player because we have seen him win an MVP, regardless if you think McDavid should have got this year. He's played at that level where you thought, oh my God, he's one of the best players in the league. You know what I mean? It's definitely not gone his way the last few years, but like he's been in Buffalo and Arizona and New Jersey. I don't think you could pick teams that have been as poorly run in the last recent memory than those franchises. So um, Mm -hmm. I definitely see him getting moved. If I'm Buffalo, I don't want to panic because what I heard is there's no first and a prospect anymore. It's like a second and a better prospect or something like that. But if I'm Buffalo, I would honestly, like I said, I would offload him um, Colin Miller, Montadors, all the guys I have, and just get as many assets as I can. Yeah. So if I'm um, Buffalo, I would put a condition on the pick. If you don't want to give me a second, maybe you get you win a few rounds as a first. But if I'm Buffalo, I do want to strike in the first round pick range, maybe another prospect. I definitely don't want roster players because regardless of what Buffalo does, they're going to be bad for a while. Yeah. So definitely just as much prospects and picks as you can in this some scenario. Okay, yeah, Kyle I, yep. I agree with that. Yeah, Kyle, sure. Number two, Kyle Palmieri. Um, nice little pro, nice little player. I don't know if New Jersey would retain half. Uh, you know, he's making 4.65. He's UFA at the end of the year. You know, he's been linked to he's been linked to the same usual suspects, Toronto, Colorado, Montreal. Uh, not Montreal, Toronto, Colorado, Boston. Boston. Um, you know, he's got eight goals, 17 points. Could add some value. I I don't, I don't know how he's higher than Taylor Hall, to be honest. But um, I think it's just because levels of buyers. Because yeah. I, I know you said that he doesn't have to retain. But just say the 4.6 they do retain, that's an absurd amount of value for a player making that cap hit. But like, what's you know what he, I'm trying to say? What are, you, what are you paying to get him? I think it's not as much as Taylor Hall. Because I think Buffalo's yeah. under so much pressure to fleece someone for all the guys they have. But if I'm... If I'm New Jersey, I already kind of have a core with Hisher, um, Hughes. Um, who are the other guys? They picked Holtz. They have yeah. Ty Smith on defense. They have some guys, and they're starting to cook and build a nice core. Mackenzie so Blackwood's looking pretty yeah, good. Oh, yeah, they have a good goalie in Blackwood. So I have pieces, so I don't need the piece. Buffalo needs every piece. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So if I'm New Jersey, I a second and a prospect is totally fine with me, or a third, but a better prospect. But I would put the price as a second and a B-level prospect if I'm New Jersey. And let me explain B-level prospects. I've thrown that out there. It's a guy who probably will make the NHL a top nine forward or maybe a top six D. He's, he has value. He's probably picked in the second or third round, maybe a late developer, but he can benefit to your franchise. A-plus is the guy, the superstar. Like, I would put, like, Cole Perfetti, those kind of people as A-plus prospect. But anyways, yeah, if I'm New Jersey, I'd set it as second and a prospect. Now, I definitely think if I'm Boston – I would 100% be all over that because I probably could re-sign him because I don't think he's going to be looking for a big ticket just because of his age and he has made money. And just in this economy in the NHL, I don't think he could be 30 and ask for what, more than four or five million or more than yeah. three or four years. So um, Team, Teams aren't going to pay him that either. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely think how Palmieri is very attractive to guys. He's been in the league longer. He's been, oh, well, it feels like he's been in the league forever. He's played in the playoffs. He's played on some good teams. He's, had that culture in Anaheim, like, you know what I'm trying to say with guests last Perry. I just feel yeah. like he's seen it all. So I definitely would um have him uh, – I value him as a player, I would say. 
David Savard, uh, sorry, Nick Felino and David Savard are number one and number four, respectively. What do we think about this? This is so funny just because Columbus, I feel like, has been in the news so much this year for all, maybe not bad, but odd reasons. Actually, you know what? We'll say bad. We'll definitely say bad reasons. We did a Columbus episode. Go check that out. But yeah, in terms of those two players, if I'm Columbus, I would definitely sell. They're not in playoff striking range. And even if they were, I don't care because I just think we, Columbus, they never have people who are on their team for a long time and who benefit and thrive that are actually good players. So I think Felino, Savard, they're both UFAs. Retain half on both of them. Maybe pair them up. Maybe you don't. Try to get as much as you can. Go from there and establish a core. But if I'm if I'm Columbus, I'm trading those two. I'm letting Torts go at the end of this year. You yeah. need a culture change. I think it's very hard to have a culture change when you keep your two veterans that – I don't want to say they're Torts guys, but they've been there for so long, you assume they're Torts guys. You can't re-sign them, and a lot of people like them because Nick Felino can play – left wing and right wing. You can play as high up in your lineup or as low as you need him to. He's right. been there, like I said, done it before. And Dennis Savard is not a lot. He's not very far removed off from being a high impact player in the league. I think he'd be good. And I definitely think he could slide really nicely to teams that are trying to, um, trying to go for it. So yeah, if I'm Columbus, I'm trading both of them. I think Columbus needs to form an identity and keep some of their star players. So which yeah, they can never do. They can never do. So, so Josh, what do you think about those two? Yeah, uh, uh, I wouldn't touch Nick Foligno with a 10-foot pole. I'm interested in David Savard. Uh, I think it'd be a nice nice fit on a blue line that needs a little bit more help in case someone goes down. Um, not too much more to say there. Like, I'm more interested. Honestly, I'm more interested by, like, numbers, like, 15 to 8 on this list than I am the top 8. Because, like, from Toronto – from Number eight to number one, it's kind of obvious that these guys are going to get traded. But I look down, I'm like, oh, these are nice depth guys. Where are they going to go? What are these teams going to do? So I'm whenever I see like a move that's going to be made that's really obvious, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, well, we all saw that coming. But I want to see like, I don't know, like I, I, surprise me this off de- this trade deadline. I like that I'm surprised. And yeah, for God's sake, please make trades because I'm going to be watching all day. Make trades. Yeah, I agree with you. I just think. I just think the names, like I was said, like a Vince Dunn, a Bennett, Vertanen, like maybe the younger guys, Scott Lawton, that might have value and that didn't really get the opportunities in their franchises. Maybe there's a diamond in the rough in this list. I'm not sure. But, Josh, you want to go through the contenders and the heavy buyers that you think um, will be in play in the market? Uh, yeah, let's just do it quickly. Let's name three teams. So I'll name my three teams that I think are going to be buying heavy and you can do the same thing. I have a feeling we're going to have the same teams. I think Boston's buying heavy. I think Colorado's buying heavy. And I think Toronto is buying heavy. My sleeper pick at the deadline is the Rangers. Really? You think they're going to go on a little run here? Yeah. I think they're going to, I think they're going to acquire some players, like some depth guys and try and make a run for it. Okay. So, um, I'll pick different teams just to keep it interesting. Um, I'm going to go with the Islanders. As much as I hate them, being a Leafs fan and the Rangers are my second team, I hate the Islanders. But I think when you lose a player like Andres Lee and you can put that on LTIR and Lou Lamorello is your GM, I think you're going to go for it. I firmly do. So I could definitely see Hall, Paul Mary, or maybe a high-impact forward going there. And I think the Islanders are going to say screw it and just completely – trade picks and prospects and i don't really blame them because i just Paul, think Paul to the islanders is interesting yeah so i just think for the islanders everyone's always said you're not this good you're not this good but it's been like what two three years of us saying that eventually you have to be like hey we're always at the top of the standings let's just say screw it let's see what we can do 
And I don't want to say Washington and Pittsburgh are pretenders, but I definitely think um, I could see the Islanders beating all their teams, even Boston. I think the Islanders could come out of their division. So um, I would definitely go if I was the Islanders. And um, another team, a Canadian team, is Winnipeg. I just think you look at Winnipeg. I think their forwards are set. I think their goalies are set. They just need that defenseman to help out Josh Morrissey, yeah. Neil Pionk. So I could see them, if a team's overpaying for Ekholm or Savard, I could definitely see being Winnipeg. And I think they have such a good prospect pool with Perfetti, um, Vili. Had, uh, they have the Finnish defenseman. I don't know how to say his name. But anyways, they have a pool. So I think them trading a first, like, it's completely fine. So I think they will trade a first plus. So I'll go Winnipeg. And then I'll just do a team in each division. And then in the Discover Central, I'll go Florida. Just because I think they're hilarious. They're 26, 9, and 4. They have two-point lead on Tampa, but Tampa has a game in hand. So I just think if you're Florida, you're going to say, you know what? Barkov's a UFA soon. Hubdo's a UFA soon. We got to do something with this team. They, they so, got some cap space now, too, because Ekblad's out. Exactly. So, like, I think they're playing with house money here. So maybe they go crazy. Carolina might go crazy because we all know their owner and just kind of how they think as a management group. And they did the Vincek Trociak trade last year, which caught everybody by surprise. So I think I could see color Carolina, sorry, doing something like that. And the last division, the Honda Rat, Honda West. I'll just go with Vegas. I don't even know if they have cap space, but I think they're insane. They, all, they always do something. And you know they what's dumb? Do something. You know what's dumb? I remember this the other day. They're exempt from the expansion draft. Exactly. Because that's so funny looking how good they are. Because everyone yeah. thought they'd still be like where Auto in Detroit is. Just thinking about it. I yeah, so, terrible. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and, like, they do not have cap space. It says um, they have 41,000. 41, so, um, Is that their daily cap hit, though? Uh, I have no idea what it is. It doesn't matter. I just think they're always in it. I could see them training their whole roster for a superstar. That's what they do. So yeah. I'll just throw Vegas in. But, um, yeah, it's kind of all I have to say, and um, I think we did a pretty good job this episode. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, what, are we, what are we doing Monday? Are we going to go – we'll figure it out, I guess. Yeah, so to all these new listeners, this is the Orient Sportscast. This is our YouTube channel. We're Leaf fans, but we talk about everything. So follow our Instagram page. Josh will put that in. Just literally like us, yep, in the bio. Uh, yeah, we'll tweet this podcast out. Leave a comment. It could be mean. It could be nasty. We do not care. Do your thing. And, um, yep, see you, and uh, hopefully listen to our podcast uh, going forward. John Tavares did not meet with the Montreal Canadiens in the offseason.